This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, you guys, welcome back into our Edge video this time. We're going to be going through all the guns you want to be looking to bring into your side. And then also just uh, Rabadi at the end there that a lot of people have been asking me about. So, with the Edge, there's obviously only a small list here. And the reason for that is, is I covered a lot of the guys in the front, front row forward video. So, if you you know, the, all the dual position guys that are, that are the top ones. So jump back and check that one. Obviously, I spoke about, um, you know, a lot of the dual guys like Pap, Papa, um, Harris, Crichton, uh, as, as your big three there, uh, Murray, etc. Josh Jackson is another one, so, and, and Barnett there. So uh, jump back into that if you want to work out, you know, who's going to be the most important guys in that. In terms of the whole edge position, then it's pretty obvious that David Fafida is going to be your number one choice as the guy you need to get into your side. Post-origin, I don't think you have to do it this uh, for this round 16 one. Yeah, he might get rested or he could get injured like any of these guys in origin. But at, at a 73 average, yes, he's expensive at 865, but you're getting you know, you're getting what you pay for with him. And, and he's going to be the top, top guy in this position across the you know, front front row or edge. Uh, so he needs to be in everyone's side. And, and that's pretty self-explanatory. Whether he you know, comes off the bench in round 18, then maybe it's a 19, round 19 pickup is going to be perfect for him. So... That's that one there. And then our next one's going to be Frizzell and you know, a clear second best average in the in the second row forward. And, and the question's going to be now, how many are you going to be uh, holding? Are you going to use a Fafida, you know, a Crichton-Harris kind of combo as your, your couple of edges and, and, you know, and, and, and the cover there? Or do you pick someone like Frizzell who's probably going to be a little bit more uh, under underutilized in terms of his, his ownership percentage? So he could be someone that, that's going to be interesting to pick up um, especially if you like the, the Knights there, and, and he's someone that's you know pretty consistent. He had the random couple of lower games, but then he has some eighty games and stuff like that. So um, he's awesome. But we, we just, I personally think you should wait a couple of weeks once he gets back to see how his um, how his body goes, and maybe he loses a little bit of cash too over that um, over that first couple of weeks. But but that's Frizzell. So your top two clear ones that are just in the edge position, and then we move to someone I think is probably his third best that 
I wouldn't be personally targeting at this stage, just at the at the price point, but but also the um the scoring. Like he has to score tries to you know, the last game anyway, had to score a try to get over fifty. Whereas those weeks before he was getting a bunch of tackle busts and, and, and stuff like that, which we'll we'll jump in and have a look at here as to you know how he's been scoring his points. And you look there and he, he does have three tries overall and, and he has one there in, in round ten for a fifty seven and then a fifty eight this last round. 38 the one before, so obviously didn't play the full 80. But in those games that he is playing 80, he's got a, a 49 in return, a 30 in a game where he didn't run the ball. So it's kind of just based on if he runs the ball, he's going to get a bunch of tackle breaks, which you can see through those first bunch of games, sort of 2, 3, 2, 9, um, and a 5 in the first one. That 9 is obviously the anomaly. So I wouldn't be, wouldn't be expecting that every week. That was kind of a very, very out-there game for him. But those games previous to that, the 57 and the 60, I think we can expect... Uh, a few more of them than the 30 and 40. So if we can get like a 45 as kind of his base, if he's running over 100 metres, I think he can get that. And then have those gains which around that 60 mark and he has the chance to score some tries, I think he's going to be a solid player. And and the fact that he is playing in round 17 is going to be a good one. Um, and you get him at a slightly cheaper price. So if you're if you're sitting there with Maddo, Lucy and those types of guys, I wouldn't be trading them out to get him. I'd only be trading those guys out to get a Fafida or a Toe Harris, or something like that, which we'll, you know, we'll go through those guys in a second. But yeah, that's CHN. That's where I'm at with him. Obviously, picked him up a couple of weeks ago. I know a lot of other people picked him up sort of three to four ago. But um, yeah, he's going to be someone that's going to be serviceable for anyone's side as he plays you know, the rest of the way, the last 10 rounds uh, of the season. So that's CHN there. We move to, you know, they're, they're the clear top three. And then it's kind of a bit of a lottery between Maddo, Lucy, Curran, I think, as, as to how they're going to go. But we'll have a look at Ryan and his and his scoring and, and what's really been happening with him, you know, this this year especially. Um, you know, down to six hundred and seven K now after being an eight hundred K player coming into this year. You know, if you look at his scores from twenty twenty, they're all amazing. They're all 80, 80 minute performances, apart from when he you know gets a head knock. But you know, 50, high fifties, mid fifties, seventies and eighties when he scores tries or sets up tries. So he was awesome and so consistent, right? And then he gets to this year and. Yes, he comes back with a bunch of 80-minute games. It's really funny that he actually played 80 minutes in his return games this year from, from his uh, concussion. And then and then they move him to a slightly different role. And, of course, I decided to pick him up around this point where he got his um, you know, he got his 55 is when I picked him up in round 10. And literally every game after that, he's, he's had limited minutes, which causes issues, right? For any... any you know, everyone will know that any edge forward... That, um, that isn't getting 80 minutes, it's very, very hard for them to score big, big points because a lot of time they do need that you know, accumulation of time to, to get that sort of 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6 um, PPM, which you can see where he's at now. And, and that's completely okay if he's playing 80 minutes, but if he's getting 60, that 0. 0.68 does not work properly. And you can see, you can see why in that 48.3 average now. And that, that only includes one game where he's had limited minutes with his 46. So really the majority of this is, is just his scoring. And to, to be scoring just under 50 is not keeper-level territory, unfortunately. And, yeah, I wish I was to know that when I picked him up in round 10, but unfortunately not. And if we look at his score since then, we're going 40, 38, a 73 in a 70-minute effort, which included a try and a try assist. Kind of the perfect game, like you saw it, um, from him in that 70 in round 9. But then 31, 47. So, and that includes a try also in that last one. So, for me, I don't think he's going to be a keeper this year. If he's not playing the 80, then I don't think he uh, will be. So... Be interesting to see what happens with him going forward. If he like, there's every chance he could get back to an 80 minute role. So I'm probably going to hold him for this week in round 16, and then and then look to possibly move him on in 17 or 18. Um, you know, maybe hold him through and 
and then pick up a feeder, like pick up for feeder again or something like that. So that's something to, for you guys to think about also as to what you're going to do with him you know, going forward there. Just, yeah, just not scoring well enough, unfortunately. And, and then we can look at someone like Lucy Leilua as well. You know, just, you know, 13K cheaper than him at, the, at this stage and was someone that was in the 700s early on the year too. And he's actually still owned by eight people in the top 100. So really interesting. He, he was averaging 58 to now be averaging 50.9. You can see that from his last five games that um, his scores have just been much lower. The consistency is not there anymore where he was a 50 plus player every week there through the first seven rounds. Uh, and that's why he had that 57, 58 average. And then you look from there and it's got 47, 57, 37, right? There's a few low ones and the last two have been his worst. So before that, he was nice and consistent. We had a 52, 61, 55 when I, when I had picked him up in my side and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, and, you see, and you're looking at 30 tackles in those ones um, at his minimum. And then, you know, over 100 metres and, and a few tackle breaks, a few offloads, which gets him that 50-odd score with the odd try, uh, et cetera, in there. But the last two have been very low in the tackles uh, section. Decent run metres, but, you know, a bunch more missed tackles, which, can we say, is, is, is this an anomaly for him? If you look at his missed tackles through through the season, there's only two outlier games with a four and a three. The rest of, you know, and, and the first game with a five, but, you know, that's over, what, 13 rounds? Yeah, the first 13 rounds before... The last two, so you know, three outlier games. Can you expect that this comes back closer to the mean in terms of you know getting closer to two to one missed tackles a game? I think it can, and and you know to make you know if he turns three or four of those into actual tackles, then we're getting closer to that thirty mark. You know that's an eight to nine point swing, and you're already up to already up to forty points there. And and obviously if they're playing a bit better, he's going to be getting the tackle breaks and the offloads. So there's every chance he can get back to a fifty. The good thing is he's playing pretty much 80 minutes week to week there. He might get 74, which you can see a few times there. But the Madison ones are worried just with the minutes. So I think Madison might be a trade-out before Lucy, just based on the fact that we've only got two really low scores here. And then if you look up further, it's a 37 and a 47 in the whole year, where the rest of the scores are over 50. So, yeah, I think he's probably a hold before Madison, but I'm also wary as to how he's going to be going you know, for the rest of the season. At 5.94, I think you can hold off with the chance that he gets back to a 50-plus average. So that'll be that'll be my thoughts on this matter there with um, with Lucy. Uh, and then we move to Joshy Curran. And, and for me, my, my worry for Joshy is the fact that I don't think he's going to be playing really big minutes. And, and again, someone who's going to be middle slash edge, obviously splitting his time with, with Tohu in those two positions. I just don't think that <clears throat> at this price point of 5.30, that you're going to get the complete value out of him. Obviously, you're going to get um, your value that he's playing 17. But if you look at the last two games since his return, he's got 58 and 64 minutes, which is which is okay. But in that case, he has to really dominate when he's on the park and get a high PPM because we want him to be at least a 50-point scorer. In this case, he's not. If you look at his PPM in general, he's a 0.77. If you're getting 60 minutes, that's sitting at a, at a 40, like a mid to low 40s average which is probably not good enough if we're looking at you know picking him up. If you've kind of held him the whole way along, then you use these scores and, and any of those price rises as, as a good way to go about it. But if you haven't and you, st- and you don't, still don't have him now, I think you hold off on him. Yes, he plays 17, but is it worth bringing in someone like Curran, who's going to average maybe a 45, to then have to trade him out a little bit later? I don't think that it's worth it at this stage. And and guys, our last one is going to be TC Rabadi. So with... With uh, where is he? 
So STC Rabadi. With with him, and it's going to be more to the fact that TPJ is, one, suspended for the next three to four weeks, but then looks like he'll be out of the club. Yeah, it could be, could be immediately, any time in the next few weeks. So this gives Rabadi a chance to play some bigger minutes, which we saw last week, right? Had a, had a really good game in round 13 where he got 46 minutes off the interchange bench, got two tries. Looks strong, right? Everyone's like, all right, we better pick him up. But the issue with him is that when he does have an interchange role, it's very low minutes and his, and his PPM isn't strong enough, you know, point, at 0.77. Not strong enough for, for him to, to average well and get some good price rises off the bench. So for me, he has to be a starter. And so getting that, getting that lock role last week, you should probably see that again. Obviously, Carrigan's out for the year, so there's an opportunity for him to lock that role spot, uh, lock the get that role as the lock position in the Broncos side for for the rest of the year if they think he's good enough, and I think they probably should give him a crack, just given the fact that their their team's really struggling and and he's one of the young talented guys. You saw that happened with uh, with Reese Walsh not giving him a go, and, and he decided to you know, he wanted to play and decided to move on. So. I think for someone like Rabadi, there's there's the opportunity there. They've got you know Lodge and Haas in the middle, and then you know they need they're going to need to cover that edge role now. And then you've got him and you know Rabadi and Flegler, and I think you know Rabadi's probably has a chance of being a better player than Flegler. So if he can keep this role, I think he can make a good a good amount of cash. There's you know very very low ownership, especially in the top five k with only point five six percent at three hundred twenty one k in the edge position that isn't too strong. Obviously you know dominated by those dual position guys in Toe Harris etc. But I think he's someone that can make you money. The issue is, do you have many trades available? Do you, are you sitting with seven or eight? Are you sitting with 13 to 15? If you are sitting with the 13 to 15 trade, you could probably use him as a cash cow, getting you another couple hundred K, using him as a player each week, if he's continuing to get that lock role. The question going forward is, will he maintain that role and will he get the minutes he needs to, to score well? That's a question I can't answer for you at this stage. So we're going to have to wait and see and... And if you feel like you're a little bit risky and you, and you want to take that chance, then, then go for it. And if you don't, then then just wait and, and hold off and see. Um, but good to see that he can make 42 tackles for one miss. That's that's super strong. Obviously not running the ball too much, but it's good to see that he's not relying on those, on those attacking stats to get his 52. So there you go, guys. That's the, that's the edge, edge position in a nutshell. I hope that helps you guys out. But obviously check that front row forward one to get those dual position guys. You got Cam Murray, you got I mean a million different guys that, that could fill both these roles and it's good to have those those dual positions. But uh, like someone said in my comments that if you don't have that Tohu, um, Angus and Isaiah Papali kind of combo, then I think you like right now already, I think you're probably struggling. So most people have enough cover in both positions. It's just gonna be who's probably gonna fill your last spot or two. Um, are you gonna upgrade someone to a Fafida if you don't have him, that kind of stuff there. So that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. Please do like and subscribe. Best way to support me. And we'll catch you in the next one where we will be going through the halves position. So see you guys. Have a good day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.